0: This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guy Batteries, X-Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, beat down outdoors and Sunline.
1: btl coming at you
0: good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of btl bass talk live where we are going to talk about bass fishing and uh this show today is from the modern marvels of uh technology i'm getting up there in age now but i am still instagram savvy so i like following all these kids uh who catch him on Instagram? And one of the guys that I followed on Instagram I knew his dad. Know his dad really well. I still remember when his dad won that uh, emotional. We'll talk to him about it. Emotional Elite Series tournament. And uh, I've always said you can tell how well you are liked on tour based on how many guys stick around for the extra day and help celebrate. Now, I'm not saying you're not liked if there's only three or four guys. Sometimes schedule dictates it. But when Britt Myers won his Elite Series tournament, like three quarters of the field was there, ready to tackle him as soon as he got off stage. Well, now there's another Myers that is fishing professionally. And I saw on Instagram Britt Myers Jr. is is dipping his toe into the uh MLF invitationals. So I said, heck, let's do a show about it. There he is. Britt Myers Jr., thank you for jumping off BTL. I greatly appreciate it. Yes, man. sir. Thank Do you remember when your dad won that uh that Elite Series tournament? Like what where were you when that went down?
1: I was on the front row, and actually the day before I had a tournament, um, a, a high school tournament. I think I was a freshman in high school, and I couldn't even focus on the tournament. It was uh we drove down from Falls Lake in North Carolina. A lot of people know where that is, it's a yep. good lake. And um we we drove down the next day, and all my friends give me crap. They all have pictures of me crying for the uh of my dad I winning at random times
0: so, so you weren't even able to focus on the fishing then you're so keen no i was that.
1: man i because so a couple you know 2012 i remember it yeah uh, my dad finished second at douglas and um i remember man i i was young and i was so sad so it was really it was really emotional for him to win because i mean he, he was so close a couple times and it's a big deal so
0: didn't he finish second, like back to back events
1: yep. in 2012, was, uh,
0: like almost one. Cause there was the one that Overstreet was, has the photo of on Douglas where he's getting up on the front deck of the boat and he's like two foot above the boat. Like you remember, yeah, he's actually, lo-
1: there's a photo of it right here. Do you? Can I you grab it? Grab that thing. Yeah. I'll actually just, yeah. Hold I, on a second.
0: I love not planning anything. Sometimes it works out.
1: Yeah. You're talking about this photo right here.
0: Yeah. Hold that's on. the one right there. Yeah. That's the one.
1: Yeah, that's,
0: that's so cool. Yeah, uh, I, I just remember that because he was like, Go, 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 and would make like five or six casts in one spot and was on, and then uh, and then finished second, uh, in back to back. One of them was on Douglas or, or Douglas and uh, and Bull Shoals.
1: Yep, yeah, Bull Shoals That's uh, yep, yeah, I remember that.
0: And How old were you then?
1: I was 11, 11 or 12 years old when that happened a while back.
0: How old are you now?
1: Uh, 23.
0: 23. Yeah,
1: so yeah. 11, 11 years ago, 12 years, 13 years ago, really.
0: That's wild. And then, uh, obviously, the win uh, that your dad had on uh, Winyah Bay, which was such a weird fishery, Winyah Bay, with as far as everyone was running, and he got on that, Uh, uh he got on, like, a really good chatterbait bite. Was it chatterbait and a fluke?
1: Yep, and I, actually, I can tell you the crazy story about that. So, um, we we have not been back there since As really? i've had some college when i was in college i had some tournaments on the waccamaw river and santee river mm-hmm. um but we never went back at the cooper and we always said we want to again just to do it you know for old times sake but so that tournament he had a phenomenal practice i remember he was telling me he had like the best practice ever like, he said one day he could add 30 pounds and um and the first two days went good you know i think he had mm-hmm. 18 and 22 right at 22 and the third day he only had i think seven pounds and so where we're where we're from there's no herring but um you know heart will all them lakes we fish those often too and a fluke is just a big good bait there yep and for some reason my dad that final day during the day decided to on that little fluke and um just threw it and he caught nine pounds on it and actually he told me one of his keepers, he was just dangling over the troll motor, you know, just holding it there. Not even thinking about it. It was just 12 inch or whatever the minimum was. And it barely measured. And He had no idea it was a win fish. He was just holding it by the
0: line. Do you remember everyone mobbing him when he came off stage?
1: Yeah, I do remember that.
0: <laughs> that was cool.
1: I I got ran over. I was up there, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, is this a deal? Have you wanted to do this since you were, since you were a little kid? Like, has this always been kind of the path that you've wanted to be on?
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, ever since I was young, you know, when I was really young, I didn't really care for fishing. Really? Um, And, you know, my dad never forced me into it or any of that. I mean, I kind of just like got into it on my own when I was about 13 or so. And ever since then, I mean, that's all I've wanted to do. So, I mean, it's, it's, just one of those, it's just one of those things I really like it and it'd be cool to make a living out of it. You know, it's it's a hard thing to do, but if you work hard, it's just like anything else.
0: Uh, I know you did some college fishing stuff. Did you do the high school fishing as you say, did you do yes, the high sir. school fish? So you've too. worked through the entire gamut of, did you do juniors?
1: Uh, I didn't do juniors. I started actually, I started bass fishing when I was 13. Like I didn't know how to throw a bait until I was 13, 14, which is, you know, a later start than a lot of the, mm-hmm. the pros kids. I mean, it's kind of weird to say, but like, like I said, I, I wrestled, I played, um, baseball and stuff. So I, I wasn't. For a while. And then as soon as I got that fishing itch, man, I gave it all up. I didn't care about anything else. What
0: was it? Was there like a moment, a tournament, a fish or anything that like got you like, just be like, oh, this is it.
1: And as stupid as it is. I mean, I, you know, my dad had, you know, from a young age to me, I never understood like he had a cool fully rigged bass boat. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I could go out fishing with him whenever he went. That that was as bad as it is. It sounded normal to me because I was so young. I didn't understand. And I actually got the itch at a pond. Um, it's my friend's pond. And actually I'm going this afternoon. I haven't been in probably three or four years. Coincidentally, we're talking about this and I caught a a freak of nature. Like we didn't have a scale, but it's the biggest bass I'll ever catch in my whole life. And he caught one that we, we had a measuring tape when he, well, I wasn't there when he caught it, he measured it. It was like 28 inches long, 28, like like 28 inches.
0: Holy cow. That's like, that's like 12, 13 pounder.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. The one I caught was hundred percent. I don't know it was over 12 guarantee you it was a freak of nature um and that when i caught that fish i'll never forget man i caught an eight pound line on a wacky rig and he it we're the only two people allowed to fish the pond really and it's his uncle's pond and it's in the middle of nowhere and like the bluegill are trained and they're all this big they're huge okay. and when he pulls i remember like it yesterday he pulled a gator like a john deere gator around and all the all the brim come to it because they know it's feeding time. And I remember I threw a wacky rig out there and I, my line started swimming and it was, I'll never catch a bass that big again. I don't think I will no matter where I go.
0: And you're hooked and, since then.
1: And that day I was like, I remember my dad was actually in a meeting with a sponsor and I te- I, I texted him. I said, dude, you got to FaceTime me. And he's like, no, no. And I text him a picture of it and he just walked out and Facetime me. It was so big.
0: That's cool. And then you were like, Hey, okay, I'm, I want to get into this tournament thing.
1: Yeah. And then after that, I, I got into some high school tournaments and, um, man, I was very blessed to have a, a short learning curve. And that's, that's what impresses me most about some of the young kids that are coming into it. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have that learning curve. They don't have a, a dad or, or a lot of these kids don't have a parent or, or, or family member that fishes a lot. So to be as successful as they are, that's very impressive to me because like, you know, people like me, I didn't really have that much of a learning curve. I, I learned from an early age what was wrong and what not to do and mm-hmm. how to practice and how to fish. So, so I mean, once I, once I kind of got into it and I learned a lot from my dad and I can apply it to when I go by myself and it really helped me be successful from each starting point
0: do you think that's one of the biggest issues in the high school fishing right now is you have all these kids who are gung-ho, they see the jerseys, the fancy boats, the sponsors, the trophies, but they don't have really, or there's not enough established anglers who are teaching them the fundamentals, the right way to go about it. So you just, it ends up frustrating a lot of them.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, I could see how it'd be frustrating. You see these guys and and they have everything, you know, they have these boats and, what you don't that's what people say it all the time you don't need the nicest boat to go catch fish mm-hmm. and it's its the truth and they see these jerseys and everything but dude some of the best fishermen i know back home i mean they they like we have some guys that live where i live um on wiley and they beat everyone's brain i mean i live scope a lot out here some of the best fishermen live scope they beat everyone's brains out not even using live scope in a metal boat You know what i mean and they make a lot of money or locally doing that and and it's not a and it it is i could see from a perspective of a high school kid someone whose dad's a pro and they're like man i need that and it is a blessing to have a learning curve like that but Mm -hmm. you don't need that i mean you can you can do it without it i mean there's so many you, you you can look at a lot of pros nowadays that 10 12 years ago didn't have anything I mean, like, my dad, he didn't even have a boat until he was, like, 22 years old. And now it has changed a little bit because mm-hmm. everyone can get information. Like, what I mean by that is, like, there's so much on the internet you can look at, and you can learn that quickly. Helps the learning you, you, curve. Yeah. So that is that is a good thing now. Like, if you, if you put your time in and research, and you really, really, all you care about is bass fishing, I mean, you're not going to do good every tournament. You're going to have terrible tournaments. Everyone in the world has terrible tournaments. But I mean, it seems like nowadays there's enough information out there. If you work harder than other people, you can be successful no matter no matter what you come from.
0: So I know you spent a lot of time on the water, uh, and you've dabbled in uh the BFLs before, have a couple BFLs under your belt, but you jump into the the Toyota series uh in 2023, this past year. And you fish two divisions, mm-hmm. correct? The Yes, sir. Southern and the Northern uh division mm-hmm. of the Toyota series. Was it your goal going into that to learn to get experience under your belt? Was it your goal to to move up and fish the invitationals or was this something where the opportunity presented itself with a lot of restructuring going on and fishing, you had a good year in the northern division, points went down, you got an invite and said heck, let's roll with it. So,
1: my goal this year was just to become a better fisherman. Okay. I had never fished, you know, um a a big trail like that you know, nationally, and I'd actually never been to, I'd never been to Eufaula, I'd never been to Okeechobee, I'd never been to Champlain, I'd never been to, I'd only been like two or two of those lakes ever of, on the schedule. And so in my head, I'm like, man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to even think about qualifying for the invitationals. I mean, because you, and it's not impossible but you gotta think like those lakes are places where they go year after year after year. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of guys who are phenomenal fishermen that fish those events, and I'm like, man, my goal this year is to learn these lakes because I know I'm going to come back, and if I don't make it, that that making it wasn't it's it was my goal, but it wasn't at the same time. If that makes right. And I, I mean, like the southern division, I stunk it up. I ain't gonna lie. I had a <laughs> I had a good opportunity to have a really good event at Eufaula. Um I think I finished forty something there, but the other, I'm not good in Florida. I mean, that's just. That's just it. I'm not good in Florida, and I knew that's why I wanted to do this Southern. Um, I wanted to learn as much as I could and see how I could do. And I learned a lot. And I think next time when I go back down there, I can have a much better event. But like Okeechobee, I'd never been, and I had like four days of practice. I was like, dang, this is, you know, I've never been
0: there either. And I've got, I mean, I've covered a couple tournaments there, but I've never fished it. And I got that open coming up in February. And i yeah, dude. I may make a trek down there prior to off limits just so I know how to, how to get around to the North and South end of that pond. Cause it, yeah. uh, it's like the fifth largest uh, lake in the country.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you about, I actually had a phenomenal practice and the fishing was horrible. I don't know if you saw the weights, but I don't think it even took 10 a day to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what was so bad about it, but I had, I had a really good practice. Well, the wind blew like really hard overnight and I get in that area, it looked like chocolate milk and it looked beautiful the day before
2: you know, and, you know everyone talks about
1: dirty water in florida i'm like nah i got this i'll still catch them nope that <laughs> didn't happen at all so i go i went and scrambled up what i could catch and i mean i finished like a i finished like a hundred which i mean i was like you know Caught five better inch you know. yeah that's
0: better than nothing
1: and um but it was just one of those things where t- this year was a great learning year i'm really excited for the invitation to go back you mm-hmm. Ufala in may because that's when i went this year and i spent a lot of time out there practicing and That was a brutal event. I don't know what was wrong with the lake. Like, I mean, it only took, I think it literally took 18 pounds for two days to get paid.
0: You follow Alabama?
1: Alabama, yeah. The one that
0: Justin Lucas won. Yeah, it was like a weird, I talked to my buddies out there, I said it was like a weird in-between phase, and then the fish that were on the brush were getting hammered because everyone knew where it was, and it was just a weird transition period.
1: And I couldn't scope them to save my life there, so I actually found a place that i'm really excited to go check again this year you can't see them on live scope oh but you can see it but you can't see the fish and you' just had the blind cast
0: you gave it away and, and, it's got to be a show bed
1: and uh and uh <laughs> it, it, and uh it was crazy like i'm really excited to go back because i mean the second day i had i didn't have a great day mm-hmm. but i i didn't really i started doing it late in the day and i you know i had a better than average bag and i almost I think I missed a check by 10 ounces it was and only had four the first day. And so I was like, man, next year, if we get to come back, I'll be excited. And it wasn't on the, I can't remember. I don't think it's on the Toyota schedule. Well, then I, when I got the invitation I was invited, I looked at the schedule. I was like, dang, I kind of want to watch. that will be the one i do bad. At. But I'm excited to go back to there.
0: So, you know you're already going to be compared to your dad because your dad's an established pro that's been around for 20 years. All these kids are, whether it's Marshall Robertson or Out Junior when he jumped on or uh, uh, any of the guys that are uh, Laker Howell. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it doesn't sound to me like your dad's like, hey, here's all, all my waypoints for Okeechobee. Hey, here's all my waypoints for over the 20 years that you fall." It sounds like you go out, you grind this stuff out yourself for the most part.
2: So-
1: so, my dad does help me sometimes, mm-hmm. but like, like, so I'll give you a good example of this. At the Toyota on Potomac this year, um, a lot of guys texted me after, and like, I saw you and your dad called him. And you must have found a good area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, dude, me and my dad called him completely, like, really? 180. I called him on light line, uh, and he called him on dang big line. I, and We called him miles away from each other.
0: Were you like talking during practice and you're like, Yes, yeah. you're you're in trouble that way. I'm going the opposite way and, and your stuff's gonna fizzle out and he's going, so we, Oh, y- young buck, you don't understand how this game is played.
1: So we talked I actually had a phenomenal first day of practice. I uh I had like eighteen pounds and I was like, That was my first day ever on the Potomac and yeah. I told my dad, I'm like, Yeah, this place's pretty good. He's like, Dude, you have no idea what you just did. Well, the next <laughs> three days of practice, I figured out how tough it was. I don't <laughs> think I had a limit in the next three days. And um I remember um, I found a secondary area where I knew I could catch 11 a day, and I knew that would be a good event. But I was like, you know what? I'm always the guy that fishes to be consistent. I'm always like that. But for that event, I was like, dude, I said, there's no way I'm making the championship unless I freaking go head hunting. And and that's what I did. And actually, what's <laughs> something funny is um, I actually caught a four-pounder right beside the check-in boat the second day. And at, I was doing it at 430, and at 424, I caught it wow i'm sure the whole way in heard me screaming um and i remember coming my dad uh he had a great tournament too he actually beat me in the tournament but uh he had he actually found the same deal i found at a different area of the lake was saying i I could catch 11 a day and he he found a better area for it and man he had a great event on that but we caught him on completely different baits completely different ways and it was it was really cool because i was like man i can I can do this on my own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that—that—that's that, the most. That's the best feeling is when you can you find something out that there's no one else is doing. Like I only saw one person in the entire event doing what I was doing that week. So I, I'm really excited to go back if we get to go back in September.
0: Uh, sponsorship-wise, as you get ready, uh, this thing kicks off pretty soon. Talk about uh, kind of what you'll be running. Uh, have you had to to pound the pavement for it and and anybody that you're excited to work with in the 24 season?
1: so i'm really excited to work with Duckit right now it's that's one of my main sponsors Mm -hmm. um i've actually you know i'm working on some stuff right now and i i did not expect to get an invite i mean i did decent in the points but i you know everything switched around the industry you know
0: Yeah. So Uh, what were you 27th and they typically you think they were supposed to take like the top five or ten or something like that because of how everything is moving around and this is not uncommon uh, for the Toyotas, you know, there's been years where guys out of the uh, Yodas or Costas, down to 80th, have gotten an invitation yeah. to fish the tour. And
1: so I was like, I, was like,
0: I literally got. <laughs> How did phone it call. come? Like you got it? You got a phone call? So I was washing
1: my. I was actually washing my boat because I had a guide trip last week, and I was washing my boat to get it cleaned up for it. And my hands were all soaking. I felt my phone ringing, and I just kind of pulled it out of my pocket, barely to not get my pocket soaked,
0: you mm-hmm. know.
1: And I was like, eh, I don't know that number, so I just kind of hung up. Put it back in my pocket. Well, about an hour later, I go inside. I'm done cleaning my boat, and I look, and it said voicemail from that number. I click on it, and I put it on. It's like, you've received the invite to the invitation. I was like, oh, heck. And I had, like, you know, three days to make my decision. So I was like, holy cow, this is kind of a big thing to do. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pursue some sponsorships heavy, you know. Um, but you got to you gotta show the sponsorships are not about, hey, give me this, give me that. It's It's about what you can do for them. That's the main thing. And so, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to see, you know, to show companies what I can do for them. And and um, on top of that, the main thing is, you know, the hard decision for me was I got a lot back home. So it was like yeah, it was hard to do the math like I'm going to be going this many weeks, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I'm also young. I don't have kids yet, you know, so I'm like, dude, if I have a, if I have a kid one day like in the next couple of years, it'd be hard to pursue this you know, and you hear people like, man, how do people decline those invites? I could see it firsthand easily. You know what I mean? And nope. so I was like, I'm young. I got the chance. I'm going to take it. I'm going to work as hard as I can at it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you never know. I mean, you, there's people that have these years. that just happens. And maybe yeah. next year I have a great year. Um The goal is just fish as hard as I can. That's it.
0: I didn't realize you guided as much. How long have you been doing that um, i actually
1: started this year in july but it's been it's taken off pretty good so i've been pretty blessed with it
0: lake and wiley I, I do, or where are we um, where are we guiding at these days
1: all over the state so like i do hartwell wiley lanier i hmm. haven't done any on lanier but like i'll offer lanier if someone yeah. wants to go you know what i mean yeah and mostly most of them are hartwell kiwi norman are my top three i do some on clark's hill too
0: dude those are like i've never been on kiwi but hartwell dude. and norman are in my top three i hear kiwi's good but like you know i fish an open on that i fish a number of tournaments on hartwell and I'm that's probably right now, probably one of the reasons why i wanted to get you on because all i see you is is with just like five plus pound spots from all over and it makes me so jealous because i still haven't cracked a five out there
1: uh i haven't caught many out of hartwell i've caught a couple uh, a five out there is big um, it's yeah. pretty rare. And, and usually this is the time of year that from now to like March is when you see them. You know, randomly in the summer, that's when the, you'll get one. It's a freak of nature, but it just isn't dense. You know what I mean? It doesn't weigh as mm-hmm. much. But like, I don't think anyone understands how good Lake Hartwell is. Um, it gets a tremendous amount of pressure and, and it puts them out. Like my buddy this week, he had a, there was a two day term. He had like 16 and a half and 21 and one. And that's and you gotta imagine the amount of pressure a pressure place has and it's not like it has grass i mean you'll go to a place and there'll be 100 fish there and you'll go the next day after two days of 200 boat tournaments and there'll be more it's like where do they even come from and um but we're really blessed around here you'll hear people around us say like man these lakes are tough but there's a lot of places in the country they haven't been to see what tough is you know what i mean yeah so like where i live is awesome man i, I because it's so much like where well, I love fishing Lake Wiley almost more than any lake in the country. Just the way it fishes, it's different. And then Lake Norman's way different than that. And all the lakes around here are so much different. We have Murray. Murray fishes like Hartwell, but it's all four pounders.
0: So, so it's basically the same, except just bigger.
1: It fishes the exact same, except no spotted bass. And they're all Look big. at all those spots.
0: I just got like that <laughs> on your Instagram. Like, those are like freaks. So, okay, here's here's an interesting thing. So, I started fishing, I think, Hartwell my first year it was like 2016, 2017. No forward-facing sonar. I keep up to date with what's going on out in the Carolinas. If I ever move anywhere, it's going to be somewhere in that neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, has it completely changed how those fish are, are targeted, caught, who's doing well, how they're doing well, since? 2017 when Panoptics first came to 2023 now i mean you're you said you're 24 i'm doing the math when you started like you like came right in as that bite was being exploited like that whole part of the country the way those fish are targeted and caught has done a complete flip flop over the past 5 6 years hasn't it
1: yes so i love Livescope scope probably just about as much as anyone I'm a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. I, I go when I go fishing, I don't when I go fun fishing, I don't I don't necessarily go fun fishing. Every day I try to figure out more ways to make certain fish bite with live scope, if that makes sense. Cause there are ways to catch fish that that won't bite other stuff, if that makes sense. And that's why you see people like Drew Gill, who's a daggone stud. He I mean he's casting the same fish other people are casting it, but he catches them. And so I actually fished hartwell I think I grew up in a perfect era because I understood how to fish offshore before it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a lot of success on Hartwell from 2015 to 2017 and without LiveScope doing the same deal, and nobody really did it as much, if that makes sense. Like, you know Hartwell. Any freaking point you pull up on, there's a school of them. I mean, yep. it's easy to find them. But back in the day, I mean, you got to think these cane piles are, I mean, they're this wide.
0: And they don't show LiveScope, up on just, anything.
1: Yeah, so now with LiveScope, you just shoot first cast. Back in the day, you had to make 20 casts on a point. And what I would do, I'd pull up just bomb cast everywhere. I mean, back in the day, you're like, I'm throwing in the middle of nowhere. Here they come up eating my fluke and my topwater. And now it's like, oh, I'm only in 20-foot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's different with LiveScope. But, and it was way – as crazy as it is, it was more fun back then. Because you didn't know when you are getting bites. Yeah. But you got like six, seven bites a day. But they were the same quality, and they'd always have it choked. Now – Oh my gosh! Me and my dad fished a tournament there a couple of weeks ago. It was a big tournament, and uh, we had everybody says this, but we had like a mega sack. Just everyone missed our baits, took our fluke off, not our top water there, and they used to not. I mean, they did it in the past, but not like they do now. They're smart, way way more educated, and you know, Hartwell Hartwell I would say is one of the more affected lakes by it, just because it's so easy to find them.
0: Okay, so more so than Murray or a, a kiwi yeah. or a...
1: um kiwi's kind of affected, but kiwi's always one shallow, so it doesn't really. Okay, it doesn't affect it as much. Like Wiley, where I live, people use it, but it's way harder to find fish. Like a lot you. of the fish live so tight to the bottom because that's just how they are here, and you can't see them. And that and and you have to know what to look for before live scope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of lakes in the country that I think are still like that, um, where you know people say a oh, live scope's gonna ruin it it's gonna it's not there's so many fish that live on the bottom and you still can't see like especially ditch fishing um on hartwell russell them lakes in the winter time you'll uh you, you have to go blind fishing you can't use live scope and when you hook one live scope wh- when you hook a fish and your scope is pointing at them all you see is whoosh, and you're like dang where were they
0: that's interesting
1: so i think there's a lot of a lot of stuff still to be you know there's when LiveScope shows what lives on the bottom, that's when it's going to get crazy.
0: Do you um, have a lot of grass around you at all? Or is that going to be one of the things that you have to really kind of learn how to tackle?
1: So I have a little bit of grass. Um, Murray has some grass now, and they're okay. actually catching some out of it. Um, but it's not like it's not like a bunch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I actually enjoy grass fishing. Um, I spent about 850 hours of Potomac fishing grass offshore in okay. the Toyota Series. <laughs> and i never never caught what like one four pounder in practice (laughs) so i actually enjoy it um and actually santee cooper they're allowing all the grass to come back so oh nice when that when that happens y'all are about to see probably the best lake in the country come back it's it it might be something unreal in a couple years if they let it all stay
0: all right uh let's take our first break of the show uh we're talking with Brett myers jr uh MLF Invitational Angler. Are you used to that. Are you used to that yet, or is that still? No, a nice that, yeah, it's it? pretty.
1: It's pretty cool, but I'm getting used to
0: it. All right, uh, BTO. We'll be back right after this.
2: The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up, with the angler design, function, and performance in mind. Nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name.
1: If you're a construction worker, soccer dad, soccer mom, you want to be outdoors. You've seen the Reaper. This right here is the Zip Up Full Reaper, but it's windproof, folks, windproof. And
0: it actually has the mask built in. It's behind me. I mean, if you can look good, feel good, and stay warm, you better check it out.
1: It's the Zip Up Reaper. That's right, windproof.
2: Elite Series Pro, Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice. Never fail. The best part about ProGuide Batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com.
1: What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polnick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different And really the truth is it's in the details, the little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.excellentlures.com and check them out for yourself.
2: The great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, Super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the cliffhanger worm and the ram Tail craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that, several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year, catches fish all over the country. And I think it's gonna catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat. So, you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you want to give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. All right, welcome back,
0: BTL. Talking with Britt Myers Jr., rookie on the MLF Invitational's in 2024. Uh, we talked about the guiding before. Is that like your full-time job now? Like, is that what you're doing? Are you a full-time fishing yep. industry person?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I, I really enjoy it because you know I get to, I get to be around fishing as much as I need to be, and and that's really how you succeed, I think. As a top level guy, you gotta be doing as much as
0: you can. How many days are you on the water a week now?
1: I would say between four to four to five most day most weeks.
0: So like every day.
1: Yeah, pretty much a lot. <laughs> um but I try to the, the thing is I try to spread it out where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna spend so many days one place unless I have, you know, a tournament coming up or something. But I try to I try to gain as much knowledge on different places around where I live as I can because where I live is a pretty big tournament hub. So I mean, you know, yeah. they go to Murray. Um, I think Clarksville will start becoming a much bigger tournament lake.
0: So um, it was. And then you know the yeah. Elite Series went there and Kenyon won it, and that was the big Sibyl Magic Swimmer, and that was mm-hmm. when they chucked the top waters across the points, and it'd be four to six pounders. But then it seemed like after that first couple times the Elite Series went there, it was kind of like almost on a downward turn where it got a little bit tough.
1: Yep. So what's happened there is they killed all the hydrilla. And it's kind of rebounding back now. And, and spots have finally got in there. I went the other day, and there, there's some giant spots. But uh, like there's been some 16, 17-pound bags weighed of all spots winning tournaments, which is awesome wow. to see because – that place is so big, and there's not much around it. It's not going to get a bunch of pressure. Um, And I went the other day, and I don't know how many I caught. I mean, it's like I went with no preconceived notions. I didn't fish any history there. And I guarantee you I caught 50 fish. I mean, it's it's that good. And there's that many bass in it. I don't know if they had a good spawn a couple years ago or, or what's going on, but it's infested with spots now. like, And there's good ones, too. And there's still big, giant largemouth that get caught.
0: Is that your favorite fish to catch, a spot?
1: Yeah, most of the time. I mean, because there's like, um, especially in the fall, you can win with them um, with all spots. Even yeah. even on Wiley and, and Norman, you know, usually you need a big, largemouth, but they're getting big here. So, But like Hartwell and uh, um, Lanier. Lanier yesterday had a tournament. My buddy had like, I think he finished sixth with 20.4 of all spots.
0: Have you had one of those freak show days on Lanier yet? Like a upper twenties, low thirties no,
1: spots? I haven't had one. I've had two days I had twenty. Um, I haven't got to spend a ton of time on Lanier, if that makes sense. How I mean, far I is that lot. for
0: you?
1: It's three hours from my house.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a long drive.
1: But I've spent enough. I spent a lot. I mean, I spent a lot of time out there, but not like, you know, I haven't been in the heydays when it's like when it when it, the best times of the year. But mm-hmm. I've had some twenties. I've had some good tournaments there.
0: How uh, how do people get a hold of you if they want to jump in the boat? And how have you built your clientele? Because I, mean, I would imagine it'd be hard to, to start a guiding business.
1: Yeah, so um, I started, really, I do just advertisement on Facebook. And it just seems that, that's been my best way so far. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, I started an LLC with it. And I just kind of advertisement on, on Facebook, Instagram, different stuff. And I, I guess word of mouth gets out pretty quick. So if a yeah. guy has a good time. He'll tell someone so it's been pretty cool i really like it
0: and you've your dad giving you any business tips because i mean he's he he happens to be a pretty oh, pretty yeah. successful business owner in his own right cs motorsports for those of you who don't know Britt myers you know the truck wrap accessories the whole nine yards is all all your dad's business
1: yeah he he's helped me a lot with it. you know and my mom my mom she's really good with the you know the the financial side of stuff, setting up mm-hmm. stuff, making sure you're doing everything the right way, like a business should. You know what I mean? So yeah, I've had a tremendous amount of help from them. So it's definitely not all me.
0: So have you walked through and done like the schedule and the cost per each event and with the entry fees and what you're actually going to be in this year yet?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. But <laughs> I mean, you know, when I'm, I'm like, you know, I got the opportunity this year while I'm young and I mean... It's hard to make sense of it, but, you know, I mean, you never know what could happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to work hard and try not to think about that too much. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. You rolling with but anybody? It, definitely.
1: Um, I've, I've talked to some people. Um, I'm not sure exactly who yet, but I, I think I got an idea of who I'm rolling with so far.
0: Okay. Uh, Kicking things off. Holy cow. That's like two months away. Uh, The first stop at, at Rayburn in February. You ever been to Rayburn before?
1: Never been, but I'm going to go try to get some time in before that 30-day off-limits because I know that place is a beast.
0: Yeah, I know you have 30-day off-limits. I I can assure you that uh, Spotted Bass will not help you at that event.
1: Yeah. I know there's (laughs) some
0: there, but they aren't the ones I need. Listen, back in college, Chip Porche and I weighed in like a six-pound, nine-ounce, five-bass limit of Spotted Bass on Rayburn, and I vividly remember the Waymaster being like, dude. I've weighed in a lot of limits on Rayburn. This is the smallest five fish limit I have ever seen on Rayburn. We had five little cookie cutter spots. We caught the heck out of them. Did not help us at I've all. Heard, like,
1: I've heard there's a lot of them, but I mean, I, I just... I so gonna my goal down there.
0: Matt Reed was telling me, he's like, when you're catching spots, he's like, keep catching them. He goes, and then when you stop catching them, he goes, that means the... the bass you want catch have swam into the area and they see that the spots are he's like they treat him like shad on that lake really <laughs> he said so when the spots stop biting he said you're about to get smoked by something something real
1: that'd be good i actually uh, went to falcon one time with matt reed
0: dude he's he's awesome yeah. isn't he yeah did you guys uh, do you guys lean on him on a big worm
1: yeah i uh caught him on a big jig big worm crankbait is awesome
0: He's got the yeah. guiding thing figured out. I've said that. We've oh, had dude. him on the show before, uh, log type pro Matt Reed, but he's got like the return clients that come in. So yeah. it's like fishing with buddies every single time he goes, and he's got them so dialed in out there, and then he'll do like now we'll do like a a day and a half of bass, and then in the second half they'll go catch twenty, fifteen to seventeen inch crappie and knock the sides yeah. off, send him home with a bag.
1: Yeah, man, it was tough today. We only had thirty pounds.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, there's no spotted bass. is West Point a spot lake? Are there spots on that that might play?
1: I'm actually not sure. I haven't been there. My dad actually qualified for the elites because of West Point Lake a long time ago. Um and I we have not ever been back since, but I don't I'm not sure if there are spots that I was believe, Steve though. Kennedy
0: skipping a Cinco under uh under overhanging trees out in the middle of flats. That's how he caught him there. I remember him. I remember him hooking remember. up under those uh uh cypress trees out there they're like just individual ones he skipped that sink actually it was a it was a uh what was the one he was sponsored by? was it Konami? Konami. yeah Konami caught, flash
1: i caught a nine pounder on lake norman on a two years ago my dad has this giant box of like old Konami baits Yeah, <laughs> and he was like and eh, just take those you know because i mean there's no reason to use new baits i'm just going i was just going fun fishing on norman i caught a nine pounder on a four inch of bass Konami. yeah and uh I was like, dude, this bait's probably ordered me. (laughs)
0: Uh, Kentucky. I don't think spots will play in Kentucky. They have spots in Kentucky, don't they? Yeah, there's spots in Kentucky.
1: Yeah, I think the smallmouth are starting to become a big deal there now, like way more than ever.
0: Uh, I'm excited for that. Lake Falla in Alabama, they have them, but like I said, you've been. Oh, no, that's Lake Falla in, uh, yeah, Alabama. Mike Taylor
1: called a daggum three pound, 10 ounce spot behind you all day in the Toyota series. Yeah.
0: Okay, that out, might I'm
1: talking. He threw out in the middle of nowhere and he's like, Got her. <laughs> and it was a big, giant one. I said, like, Golly, I didn't know they got that big. I mean, that's probably a big one for there. I, yeah. I would not expect it. Um, and then
0: you've got to be looking forward to Champlain and the Detroit River.
1: Yes, I'm very, very much looking forward to Champlain, a bit on what I found last year. And um, I mean, I, I haven't been to St. Clair. I have not been to St. Clair since. Live scope came out so i'm i don't even know how good it's gonna be but I, by looking at the weights and all them tournaments it's gotta be pretty stupid
0: it is uh the interesting thing that's going on now especially on a place like st Clair, is you're seeing the guys with the i call them the saltwater transducers or the uh the not the 34s but the ones they've got the like th- yeah like 300 foot Range on it, so they're seeing these fish on these massive sand and grass flats on St. Clair, and then high bypassing it to it, switching it to the thirty-four and catching them.
1: That's freaking. What are you
0: running? How many deuces are you running?
1: I actually this year I was thinking about running two, but I don't know what it is. I I run the thirty-four. Okay. And dude, it's it's just a bad dude and
0: twelve-inch screen.
1: um, Yep, twelve-inch screen, and I might I might get an extra one. Just in case something ever happens. But those things are almost like, I've ran one for four years now. I've never had a problem ever. Yeah. And the only reason I would run a spare is just in case something happened. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But. But you're not I one mean, of those I, guys that's like, I got one in down, one in forward, one in perspective, one on a no, turret.
1: But I have seen some cool perspective stuff for like Florida.
0: Like mm-hmm. where you can see
1: brim beds really, really well with mm-hmm. it. So I mean, maybe and I think they maybe use it up maybe north for
0: boulders up. and stuff too. Yeah, like up on Champlain. And yeah. if you get in the grass, you can see the holes in the grass. Like I know perspective and 360 has kicked my butt every time we've gone to Oneida, because those guys can just go, okay, there's a rock yeah. pile there, there and there, and there's the grass edge, and there's a boulder right there, and then just cast their little Ned rigs over there.
1: That's where some crazy technology is going to come in one day. Like there's going to be something, something similar to that where you can see 360 degrees. That's going to be like insane. But live. Yeah, but live. Actu-
0: actual live. Not that 360 yeah. isn't live, but like to where you'll be able yeah, to, it'll be able be to like- swim in 360. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for it to go around.
1: It'll, something like that's going to change it all, especially for those from grass and rock lakes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, if if anyone wants to uh, get a hold of you to spend a day on the water this winter or between, give your details out. And then also where uh, where all the listeners can kind of follow all of your adventures on the water
1: so uh my facebook it's just Britt myers junior fishing same with my uh, instagram and um most most of the time the best way to message me is either on facebook messenger or just dm me on instagram okay. um and you can also email me at brit at gmail dot com, and um that's probably the best way to reach me right there's those <laughs> three ways
0: Rest of December, January, in between tournaments, you're on the water guiding.
1: Yep. I have actually, I uh, have one this weekend, one next weekend. And I think I have two the week after that. So,
0: well, that's awesome, dude. I greatly appreciate you jumping on here. Like I said, I never talked to you at all in person. I yeah. was like, I have no idea if he could do a BTL interview, but we'll give him a shot. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed the hell it, out of man. it, man. Yeah. it was So awesome. I will definitely be following you, uh, this year as you, uh, participate in the MLF Invitational's uh, six stops with the goal of making the BPT and learning more about fishing.
1: That's yeah, that's the goal. The goal is making it, BPT. That's going to be hard as heck with all the <laughs> all the stuff going on. Everyone going back to the Invitational, so it ain't going to be easy. But we'll see.
0: Anything else you want to get in here before I let you go?
1: I just want to say thank you for uh, having me on here, and I, it was a, it was a good time.
0: Uh what cat are you running next year?
1: Um, just the Cougar. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I got Oh, I just
1: I, like, I've always ran that boat and I just like it, man. And it's just, it's just something I'm used to and I really like.
0: That's what I'm running now. I'm going just with the, with the, uh, Puma in 24, but I've had, oh, this is my first Cougar. I've had two Pumas and, uh, Lynx. That's my first sick, man. Yeah, uh, it is. I'm it's huge. I am definitely looking forward to it. All right, uh, Britt, thank you for the time. Greatly appreciate it, man.
1: Yes, sir, man. Thank you.
0: All right. See ya. All right. All right that you. is Britt Myers Jr. Uh, Seems like he's got a good head on his shoulder. Spends time on the water. Like even with this technology, what I've learned, what I'm noticing is, uh, you look at like JT, a lot of the guys in the Opens. You're looking at a lot of the younger guys on the BPT, the guys who made it through the invitationals. Doesn't matter what the technology is, they're pairing that with an inordinate amount of time on the water. So uh, that's all we got for today. Great show. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow. See ya.